That's yeah. the one thing for me, put subscriptions aside. If you're gonna sell something, make it super easy for the customer to know what you're selling and why it's better and you know the value that you're gonna bring. Otherwise, like don't start it, don't make the product. Welcome to Subscriptions Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scaled. I'm your host, Nick Frederick. With me today is Mike Mayer, who is the co-founder of Windmill. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Appreciate you having me. Coming to us all the way from the other side of Nashville today. (laughs) (laughs) Through a 15-minute drive away. Yeah, exactly. We should have planned this a little bit better. But (laughs) yeah, happy to talk with you today. Thanks for coming on the show. I guess for those that maybe don't know, don't have the background, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about Windmill and how you came to start it. For sure, yeah. I'm the co-founder of Windmill. Windmill is an air care brand. That's how we like to talk about ourselves. But our first product is a smart, easy to install, beautiful window air conditioner. My background is not in air conditioning. It's not in physical product development. I was working at tech startups for the last seven years or so before Windmill. But my older brother, co-founder, and Ryan is our third co-founder. We were all friends in New York. And Ryan's family comes from a multi-generational HVAC family. They've been doing AC installs and servicing and cleaning and manufacturing for almost 60 years in New York. So we were brainstorming multiple business ideas over the last several years. And I was helping my older brother, Danny, move apartments in New York. And we get up to the apartment and there's just this absolutely horrendous window AC. But we didn't know what to do with it. We have to take it out. Do we recycle it? How do we recycle it? And then what do we put in its place? And so we called Ryan that day. He sent over some of his technicians and we put in at the time what was the nicest unit on the market and it still wasn't that good looking. And we got lunch after and we just put our heads together and said, why can't we make something better? If you look at Quip reinvented the toothbrush and you you have Casper with the mattress, it sort of seemed like every product was being reimagined. But for whatever reason, the window AC wasn't, and we just thought we were the team to do it, given our competitive advantage and infrastructure that Ryan's family has. And my brother and I have a startup background, and he's more of finance, strategy, legal accounting. I'm more of marketing and and customer and product. So we put our minds together and made a better window AC. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you talk about a product that is ripe for reinvention. That is certainly it. Because I think when anyone thinks of that window unit, they think of this hideous thing, both inside and out, inside the home and outside from the street. I mean, they're awful. Why do you think nobody has done this, come up with something prettier? We're talking about these massive appliance companies who have been making the same thing for decades. The window AC is one small category amongst many appliances that they make. You know, you think about LG and GE and Frigidaire, they're making ovens and microwaves and refrigerators. And for them, they're like, okay, we're going to make the same thing. We're going to sell it to the same retailers and we're going to move on. So it's almost sort of out of sight, out of mind. What we did is we are the customer. We've bought many of these things over the Mm -hmm. past decade living in New York. So we are the customer, we're designing for ourselves, but so are all of our friends and family, like they have these too. And so we're very in touch with the end customer. And so we could build a product around them. And that's something that these large companies, you know, they don't have a grasp of 
who they're making this product for, or at least maybe at one point they did and they sort of just lost but, touch. Well, you would think prettier design, that's certainly going to appeal to certain buyer, probably a whole lot of buyers, but yeah. who are you guys targeting with this, right? Is that wide anybody who might be in the market for this? Are you looking for kind of getting after the younger buyer? Who do you see as your target audience? Yeah. I mean, we have customers that are in their early twenties, just moving to New York or wherever. And we have customers in their eighties living in rural Washington. I mean, we really built a better product for anyone in the market for a window AC, but our target customer is young professional living in, you know, a major urban area in a pre-war building and they have the nice couch and they have the nice pots and pans and but then they look at their window and this ugly piteous appliance and they want to upgrade or elevate their space. That's our target demographic, but again, we sell to everyone and anyone looking for a window AC. So how are you guys distributing this? Obviously, you're direct to consumer, you have the website how are you guys getting this in front of new customers? Direct to consumer is a big part of our business. We've had crazy growth on Amazon, as I think a lot of brands will tell you. But, you know, interestingly, when we started this in 2018, it was all about D2C. It was all direct to consumer, you know. And for us, when we started the business, we just thought direct to consumer was just one channel, but there's a lot of other channels. So we started in retail very early. We convinced somehow, some way, we convinced a couple buyers at Home Depot and also PC Richard to take a risk. And it's similar to what you said, actually. One of the buyers said, people buy with their eyes. You guys have designed the best looking window AC. People are going to want that. They're going to want the best looking window AC. If anything, it's going to stop them in a store and say, hey, what's that thing? That was the main reason why they took a risk on us. And we've been working with both of those retailers now for three years. That's fantastic. What are you guys seeing a lot of times when you come to the market with a better designed mousetrap, so to speak? you're going to see some copycats. What have you seen the market do since you guys introduced this, you know, four or five years ago? Yeah, well, we certainly have a copycat. I won't name names, but we've seen other startups try to replicate our success and they've been unable to. We're slowly seeing some of the larger appliance companies try to match our look, although it doesn't ever work. In fact, there's a very big appliance company who took our front grill. It's magnetic, so it pops on and off. And right behind that is the filter and we'll talk about the filter subscription in a bit, I'm sure. But one of these larger appliance companies actually copied our grill exactly and put it on an air purifier. Mars is horizontal. They rotated it vertical and put it on an air purifier. It's unbelievable. I mean, it frustrates me, but I take it as a compliment in, in some way. And we're starting to see things like that pop up. It's the most sincerest form of flattery, right? When <laughs> somebody right. goes out and copies you like that. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the filters. Let's go to the subscription side of things. I mean, obviously that's the component of this unit that is disposable or expendable. So you're going to obviously need to sell more of that. Are you guys both selling those like through those typical channels that you sell the units themselves, like in-store and things like that, as well as subscription? Are you doing both? We're exploring and opening it up to our retail partners. Right now it's all through our website. When you buy it on the website, you'll see the options as you're checking out, you know, what filter plan you want to subscribe to. If you are a retail customer, there's a code in the box and you go to our website and you can pick a plan and add it on. So it's available to everyone. We're working to open it up to our retail partners at the point of purchase. But for right now, it's only available through the site. And you can buy those one off and buy them on subscription? Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of up to the customer. You can not buy them. You can buy them one off, which is slightly more expensive. And then you can subscribe and save. 
So what are you seeing in terms of uptake on the subscription side versus transactional? Super happy with how the subscription is going. We have close to a 70% attachment rate right now. Most of our customers are seeing the value in these activated carbon filters for the AC and attrition has been really low. It's been a challenge though. I would say the one thing that's been very hard is communicating the value of the filters to keep people subscribed, right? Finding the ways, whether it's on social media or whether mm -hmm. it's an email before they renew their plan. It's almost like you have to reteach people why they signed up in the first mm -hmm. place because we all have a bunch of subscriptions and you sort of forget what mind space was I in when I signed up for that. And so you have to always sort of get people back to when they said yes in the first place. And I think that's been the hardest part, but through many iterations have gotten better and better. And the attachment rate is pretty solid right now. I'd love to explore a little more how you guys are doing that because, you know, just thinking about the purchase of your unit, they're going to go out and buy it because they need it. They're going to set it up and they're going to look at it from time to time. For the most part, they're going to forget about it. They, the thing just needs to sit over there, look pretty and do its job. And to your point, they do need to replace the filters. How do you engage a customer who almost by definition doesn't want to be continuously engaged with your product, which is distinctly different from a lot of other subscription brands who are like, we need to show the value almost every day to reduce the churn so that they want to stay engaged with us and continue renewing. So how do you guys kind of balance that between, all right, engage with them so that they stay a member yep. versus overdoing it, right? Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you think about like Quip and you buy the little toothbrush heads for five bucks or whatever that is every few months, you're using your toothbrush every day, mm -hmm. right? You're engaging with it every day. And yes, the AC, you're not. Although I will say in the summer months when it's really hot, you either are messing with the remote, you're going up to the AC and pressing the buttons we have an app, you know, one of our big differentiators is our app and how easy it is to use and set up and set automation, set scheduling. So I know it doesn't feel like that when it's okay, the AC is in the window and you walk away, but we are actually engaging with the customer on a regular basis because of the active use of the product in these hot months. And so when it comes to the filters on the unit itself, after a certain amount of time, when it's time to change the filter, we have a little red circle that pops up on the display and there's a notification in the app that talks about needing to clean the filter and then replace the activated carbon filter. So we try to do it in a super subtle way and it looks nice on the display. It's not too flashy and alarming. We do sort of find when it's the right time. I think that's the point. You hit the customer at the right time when they actually need to engage with the filters versus shouting clean air and filters everywhere every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's picking our moments, I think, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Well, so what is the value prop that you're trying to hone in on when you do communicate with those customers? Is it that, hey, not only is this improved air quality, but you can actually save money because their unit will be more efficient? Like, what's in that messaging? Most of it is around clean air. You know, these activated carbon removes odors and fumes and VOCs that are harmful to your air quality. And the air quality indoors is five times worse than it is outdoors especially with COVID, people are, are thinking about air quality more and more, or, or at least if they're not anymore, because people are moving. Not going wood here, hopefully behind us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully behind us. That message resonates. I think when you talk about like our attachment rate, it's because we're talking about clean air and educating people on what their air quality is indoors versus outdoors and things they can do to improve it. And again, you know, I talk about Windmill as an air care brand. 
this is part of our promise. It's not just making a beautiful, well-performing window AC. It's also helping people think about their air in their home generally. And so this filter subscription is sort of right in line with that. Let's continue on there. Good segue. And I'm going to cheat a little bit because we did talk (laughs) before we started the recording here, but you guys are taking that promise and kind of taking it to the next level with whole home air filters. So talk to us a little bit about that brand new product and what you guys are trying to do. Yeah. If you think about the window AC, so for 30% of the country uses room air conditioners, relatively niche, right? That Mm -hmm. means 70% of the country has central air. For us, it's like, how do we reach as many people as possible and help them improve their air quality? And so that was sort of a natural next step is what can we do to improve air quality in most of the homes in the country? It's taken us a while as the window AC is sort of an antiquated space. There are a few players and it took a little bit to crack into that and to learn our way through a new industry. But again, like the window AC, it wasn't smart, wasn't digitally forward. And with the filter, we say it's a filter that texts you because we have a whole digital product around communicating and engaging with the customer throughout their time with our filters, which is hopefully forever or as long as they're in their home. And the other thing we did as it relates to digital products is we built out a recommendation engine or a quiz where you can go to our site, woodmillfilters.com. You take a quiz. We tell you exactly what we need. We walk you through the process and we just make the buying experience really easy. Filters come in the mail. We tell you how to install them. And then again, we text you when it's time to replace them. And there's some other fun surprises in there in the texting service beyond just like text reminders. But that's what we're up to. And again, it's sort of this more holistic approach to taking care of the air in your home. For the filters themselves, are you guys working with a partner that's sourcing those? Did you go out and design and have them built yourselves? I mean, what approach did you guys take there? Because again, kind of a crowded space. There's some big companies that do this already, right? Yep. And we're no stranger to battling these large companies because you know, <laughs> on the window AC side, we're going up against billion dollar appliance companies yeah. all over the world. And so it's no different in the filter space. But in this case, we're actually teaming up with the number one media manufacturer in the world to make our filters. So they're super high quality on top of innovating on the digital experience and just making it easy. That's the one thing for me, put subscriptions aside. If you're going to sell something, make it super easy for the customer to know what you're selling and why it's better and you know the value that you're going to bring. Otherwise, like don't start it. Don't make the product. <laughs> and so that's our approach for both the AC and the filters. To that point, customers will absolutely pay a premium for convenience, right? If you're going to make my life easier, something that I don't have to think about that gives me these automatic reminders, not in an intrusive way because you can't go too far with it. But if you're just going to, hey, deliver that thing on time when I need it so that I don't have to think about it. I mean, I am signing up after this interview. (laughs) I promise you I am because I I can never remember that, oh yeah, it was X number of months ago since I last put that thing in and I need to do it again for sure. We talked about that too, about the engagement piece and not being too over the top. And it's the same thing with the AC. There's a little red light that comes on. There's a notification in the app that reminds you it's time to get a new filter and replace the filter. For the central HVAC air filter business, same thing. We're not going to text you every day. We're not going to send you spammy marketing emails saying, you know, this is the best thing. Remember, keep your plan, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Very timely reminders. Hey, it's time to replace your filter. Did you forget how to do it? Here's a video. If you need any help, message us, text us. We'll answer your questions. So don't want to be intrusive, but we want to be helpful and make the whole process easy because 
if you don't, and this is what happens with most people on, with these filters, is they don't want to deal with it. So they just leave the filter in the ceiling or the wall or the furnace, and it gets really dirty. And what that does is it strains the airflow and then it damages your system. So you end up spending thousands of dollars on repairs or replacement in the worst case scenario. It's important, not just for your air quality, but also for the longevity of your HVAC system to do this. So, And we're trying to get that across. We're trying to educate people because we did an internal survey and 80% of people don't replace their filters when they need to. That's bad. That's costly for a lot of people. Sure. I'm in the 80%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about that. Hate to admit it, but yeah. absolutely the truth. <laughs> Most of us are um, in the 80%. Yeah. I want to ask you about a lot of times, a lot of the businesses that we talk to on this podcast, they were a transactional business that transitioned to a subscription one, or they're operating two different types of businesses at the same time, which I think is the category you guys are kind of into. How do you guys look at the subscription revenue model? how you predict that cash flow, how you manage that cash flow versus the units themselves, right? That you're selling in stores. Do you have different tools, different processes, different people? I mean, how do you think about it differently? Because it is very different, right? A hundred percent. I mean, we're a small team. We're now 10 people. So we're all in one. We do not have a separate sort of structures for the different business lines. We do have someone, James, who is our sort of the co-founder of the central air filter business. And he's solely focused on that side of the business. But I would say it's less transactional versus subscription. It's more window AC, okay. central air split. Organizationally, that's how we think about it. And on the balancing the cash flow side, it's much more difficult to do that with an AC unit because you have to buy the inventory, right? Cash goes out the door and then you sell them and cash comes back in. For the filters... We have now two years of data. We sort of have a model to show what the growth will be, how many filters we'll need, what the re you know replacement rate is. And so that's fairly easy to do. I'd say actually the harder part is managing the transactional side of things, which is the cash flow of, of the AC business. So do you see that side of the business as more hand to mouth? I mean, certainly the marketing you do on a subscription side can lead to more top line but revenue, but that's more level set revenue once it's in the door. There's a lifetime value associated with that. But with your unit business, you're then, whatever marketing channels you're doing, that's going to drive that revenue. And hopefully some filters too, but it's one-to-one, -one, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, our focus is on telling the story that we have the best window AC in the market. We're saying that on our site, on all of our D2C marketing channels through retail. When we move units, when we show people how awesome our unit is and you know they buy it, that's when we... Are selling the filters, right? Like in terms of hierarchy of messaging, it's best AC on the market. And the second is make sure you have the cleanest air in your home or your apartment. And to do that, we have this activated carbon filter subscription. So that's how we think about it. I don't know if that fully answers the question, but um, oh, it does. that's how we're approaching it. Let's talk about customer acquisition for a minute. Obviously, Amazon is in and of itself a marketing machine. But for your direct-to-consumer through the website and for the subscriptions themselves, what channels are you guys looking at? What are you seeing being effective? And maybe where are you going to continue to invest dollars? Yeah, I mean, the tried and true channels, probably not a surprise. Google and Meta, we are getting really good at optimizing our campaigns and creative to drive efficient acquisition. That was not always the case. There was some learning over the last few years, but we're getting better and better. And then one thing we're experimenting with we sort of 
dipped our toe in the water last year and going into this year, we're throttling this up as TV. You know, as a small brand, that's kind of scary because it's a little more expensive than your other performance channels, but it's part brand building, part performance. And so we're sort of experimenting where we fall in, in that spectrum. We've shot some pretty awesome TV spots and we'll see how they perform this year. So are those general ad spots like for broadcast TV or are you doing like direct television ads? We're trying everything. So, yeah. you know, streaming, linear, yeah. just to figure out where we have the best fit. But I'm really excited because obviously I want them to perform really well, but also this is a chance to tell our story, to get Windmill out in the world in a much bigger way. There aren't that many ways in the world to expand your reach and, you know, get people looking at your brand. You know, you could go viral, I guess, on TikTok, which we have a couple of times randomly. So there are little hacks and stuff you can do for the most part, like a consistent driving awareness perspective, you know, TV is a good one. And then the second one is radio. We're sort of tiptoeing into that for the first time. How are you guys tracking the ROI there? Especially when you start to talk about radio and television, you know, you're throwing the dollars up against the wall, but it's hard to measure where the return's coming in. So how are you guys going to measure that? Yeah, it's a good question. We're in real time discussing that. I think the approach that most companies take, and we'll do a similar one, is to launch in a certain geography. And then you measure sales increase in that geography to see mm -hmm. if it's working or not. And then if it is, you sort of expand it to a few more, and then you generally broaden that. And so we're doing that with radio and TV now. So on the subscription business, and I know the filter one, the whole house filters, relatively new, but what do you guys expect in terms of lifetime value there? You sell the units, you know what your margin is. That's kind of easier to measure. But on the filter business, if you're doing your job, I got to believe these customers are going to stay around for a really long time, right? Because it should be just that it's showing up every three, six months, whatever they choose, it's going to be at the door. What are you guys expecting? I would be lying if I didn't say we're throwing darts at, you know, <laughs> we are launching this business today. We're launching it on this podcast. My hope is what you said, which is, when we prove the value of the filters themselves and also the text experience that mm. they get alongside that, why would you get filters anywhere else? But I don't know, you know, people move. There are various factors why someone might stop. And in our heads, we have three to five years is like our sweet spot. And what you we got, but makes sense. Obviously, I want that to be longer, but I also want to be realistic in setting expectations for ourselves. But I'm going to go with your answer, which is forever. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense logically, but I will say across different subscription brands, you've got some that are like, we need to make our money back in the first two, three months because they're just likely to leave for one reason yeah. or another. But this seems like the kind where the acquisition costs might be high, which is why it makes sense for you guys to explore the more expensive channels, TV and things like that. Again, once you've acquired that customer, there's a long tail of revenue there that can offset that cost. So it would seem to make sense that that sort of investment could be a good way to go. That's a good point, right? We're going to see what the acquisition costs are for this business and you know, see what the LTV needs to be an efficient business. I think we have a lot of learning to do. Just like we learned about the window AC business over the past few years, we're going to see what happens with the whole house filter business. One interesting point to make from an acquisition standpoint is we have a base of many tens of thousands of customers on the window AC side. Most of those people know friends, family, whoever that have a house somewhere. Can we leverage our community that are super fans of Windmill to be our sort of, you know, our friends and refers? Evangelists. Exactly. That's also part of our strategy and 
we're hoping that our Woodmill fans, our current customers will help spread the love. Slightly different topic because you guys are operating a DTC brand and some subscription programs as well. In terms of technology that you guys have are using in order to deliver that, are you guys building this stuff in-house, homegrown? Are you using platforms and tools that are available, a combination of both? Like, yeah. What have you guys decided on? It's a combination. We've gone through some subscription apps. We've gone through a couple, which we like really didn't like. And we found one where we do like it, but we are custom building the sort of backend ops of when an order comes in, what warehouse does it go to? And so the subscription tool we're outsourcing, but the backend pipes that that subscription tool plugs into, we're custom making. What ultimately drives that decision for you? I'm sure cost is a factor there yeah. for sure. I mean, a lot of businesses look at it as like, is this a differentiator for us? Like, is this worth investing into our core product because this is different enough versus something that's kind of viewed as more of a commodity? But what goes into that thought process for you guys? As a new small business, cost is probably the number one thing we have to think about. And the second is driven by our logistics partners and our carriers and just well, I guess it goes back to cost because how can we decrease shipping costs? We have customers all across the country. If we're shipping filters or an AC from the East Coast to the West Coast, that's going to be very expensive. And so we've done a lot of work to expand our footprint from a warehouse perspective and making sure that the right order goes to the right warehouse is very important to minimizing costs. So it goes back to cost two times. Understood. That should be the main motivating factor. You guys have been in business now for four or five years. What are maybe one or two lessons that you guys have learned along the way that was like, yes, we made a great decision here. Glad we chose to go that way. And maybe even one that was, gosh, if I could go turn back time, that's a lesson I would like to try over again. Both of those prompts lead me to the same response, actually, which is talk to people, talk to customers. Whether you're a new business launching or you've been in business for 10 years, it's actually a theme that's come up in this conversation, right? Like these large appliance companies lose touch of their end customers. I don't ever want to lose touch with our end customers. I always want to be talking to them, whether it's through the customer support or through just mm-hmm. interviews, picking up the phone. We almost didn't do that once with the AC where we went ahead with this install concept because one of our differentiators is we're the number one easy to install AC. And We almost didn't get that accolade because (laughs) we went with this install kit that was horrible. We thought it would work. We kind of installed it ourselves and said, okay, this is fine. And then we had 10 random people come into the warehouse and install the unit. And without fail, every single one of them couldn't do it, complained, thought it was hard. And so literally, Mm -hmm. we had to go back to the drawing board months before launching and redo the installation kit around the unit, which is now celebrated across the board as super easy, but it almost wasn't. And we almost made a really, really, really detrimental mistake. But luckily we listened to the customers and the people that helped us. So I guess I would say just like, never stop testing stuff with people, never stop doing customer research, that feedback, getting that feedback. That's so important for any type of business. Mike, again, thank you for doing the show. Really appreciate hearing about your background and the business and the exciting growth. I guess for anybody listening that wants to learn more about Windmill or maybe has a question about something we talked about today, where are the best places for them to go? You can learn more about our window AC at windmillair.com. And if you have a home with central air and you need filters, I know 80% of you do. 
you can go to windmillfilters.com and get started. But thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it and love the conversation. Awesome. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network.